Welcome to Metro Minutes, a podcast that is hosted by the Metropolitan School District of Wabash County. I am your host, Dr. Chris Kuhn, proud Assistant Superintendent of Finance and Operations for the Metropolitan School District of Wabash County. This podcast has been created to share and spotlight the latest and greatest happenings in the school corporation. Welcome to today's podcast. Our focus for today is academic opportunities at MSD of Wabash County. A lot of this will be some snapshot of opportunities that we provide our students, uh, primarily with a focus on our high school secondary students. And for our guest today, we have our Assistant Superintendent of Curriculum Instruction, Mr. Tim Drake. How are you doing today, Mr. Drake? Hi, Dr. Kuhn. I'm doing great. Mr. Drake, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I was raised in Marion, Indiana. That's right. I'm a Marion giant, so don't uh, don't give me any applause or anything right now. Uh, Slogan Barry's, we're not too big fans of Marion giants. <laughs> I uh, went to earn my bachelor degree from Taylor University, and from there I started teaching social studies at White's um, and for about 15 years there, and then I moved on to Southwood and taught there for a couple years, became the principal there, and now I'm the curriculum director for MSD. I, uh, I'm a huge sports fanatic, and I love traveling, and when I travel around, I like to meet people and hear their stories, which explains why I became a social studies teacher. I just love uh, the history and the stories of people's lives. I've been married for 15 years or so. <laughs> Hopefully my wife doesn't hear that part. (laughs) And have uh, two great kids who are now 10 and 12, and they keep me running around pretty busy. Well, you are a busy guy. And uh, being in charge of uh, curriculum and instruction and and working with, with staff to organize and develop that, how, what does a typical day or week look like in, in your role here at MSD Wabash County? Well, let's see. How much time do we have for this podcast? Trying to keep it short here. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Um, my job's pretty difficult to pin down, to describe. Uh, some days are significantly different than others. Uh, let me just kind of hit some of the larger jobs that I do. Uh, most of my time is spent uh, writing grants and implementing them. Grants are funds set up by the government and different private organizations that they want to give money for. So we have grants like Title I and Title II from the government. They're kind of our biggest ones. Um, They're not competitive grants, uh, but they do come with a lot of strings. And so uh, I fill the grants out and try to collect the data and work with people around to make sure that we uh, implement them how they want us to. Uh, One of the grants was that we just earned was a digital learning grant uh, for $75,000. Now that one was a, an example of a competitive one and we, uh, we put that to good use uh, through STEM projects around the district. I'm also a testing coordinator, which means in our world, I, I handle all of the I-STEP, I-LEARN, I-everything there and ECAs and WIDAs and the national tests. And in that job, I'll tell you, I, I may have the title, but it's the building people that put that to work. And they really do a great job here at MSD. We've got great people that implement that stuff to make sure we all cover our bases there because that's, that's really a changing, rotating target and all the different things required to hit it. Sometimes uh, it takes a village to catch all of those. Well, with all the assessment responsibilities, that's just something that's really grown in education, good or bad. Uh, and, and that's probably for a further conversation. But Right, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm also our high ability coordinator, and that's a different grant uh, that we get from the Department of Education. That one is not competitive, um, which means I help organize the identification, 
of high ability students, the programming, and professional development for all of our teachers that do that. And as often as possible, I really try my best to be out in the schools, uh, in the classrooms, working with the students, the secretaries, the counselors, principals, anyone that works with our kids. Uh, I feel like being out on the, in the field there gives me better feedback. And that way, when people have ideas or complaints or frustrations, um, we can hear them and try to act out the best ways to resolve those problems. So, so there it is in a nutshell. Um, again, it's definitely a great job because it's never the same thing uh, day in, day out. One thing that I think that's interesting, not only of your position, but you've also, uh, you also teach still. In, in the classroom, and so there's a, 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 a class you teach at Northfield. What's, what is that class? Yeah, I still get to teach. Um, I'm teaching an AP U.S. History class at Northfield, uh, just with staffing and the classes we wanted to offer. Um, it fit into their schedule, and I was able to convince Mr. Keyfaber to help fit it into mine. Um, and I am there. Uh, I get to make most of the classes. Every once in a while I'm gone, but the kids can work on our digital learning platform. We use Google Classroom, and so... Uh, I love it because it keeps me grounded. Um, they're great kids, and uh, and I get to share my love of history with them too. And so um, that's probably one of the highlights of my regular day-to-day -day routine. I think that's a great opportunity. Uh, since we're really focusing on opportunities, I know this uh, will dive into more specific things maybe in future podcasts or even a little bit with today's podcast. But let's talk about a little bit of some of the academic opportunities that we provide here at MSWC, maybe starting from the, the ground up. Again, I don't know how many podcasts you're going to give me on this. Uh, as many as it takes. <laughs> I don't know if everybody will want to listen to all of them. We have a ton of opportunities and uh, I'm kind of nervous to even start talking about it because I'm sure I'll miss one or, or overlook one and someone's going to get offended that I did. It certainly is not that because we just do so many uh, incredible things. So let's try to start maybe from the ground up and I'll just kind of highlight the newer ones, the newer programs we offer. Uh, just in the last couple of years, we started offering a littles class for our preschool kids, um, ages four and up. Uh, we have licensed teachers in there. And I'll tell you, if you ever need a, a shot in the arm, go visit one of those classes. Those kids are, are full of energy, and, and I just walked through one today, and they're doing dress-up, and they're, they're making pasta, and they're selling me pizza with their little uh, role-playing things, and they color, and they paint, and they, oh my gosh. Uh, that is definitely the place to go. When you're feeling down, go hang out with some four-year-olds. I would definitely agree with you there. I know, I remember when I was a principal at uh, Southwood Elementary, having if you know if you're having one of those days and just need to get away the best place to go is the kindergarten room because that uh, makes you realize what it's all about and you, it's just uh, a great uh, great to watch those kids grow and develop oh yeah yep so we've got the littles there as you kind of move up the grade levels we I mentioned earlier the the digital learning grant that we won uh, we were able to provide professional development over the summer for about 30 teachers uh, in our in our elementary and, and middle school, and they were uh, they were trained on how to do a project based program called Project Lead the Way. Um, that's a pretty nationally kind of famous program, uh, and it does an outstanding job of doing this this new buzzword of STEM, the science, technology, engineering, uh, and math activities, and so. Uh, we used the money there, and so since we were able to train so many teachers, we were able to make it so that it wasn't a special that kids only got once a week. Um, all of our teachers have that training. They all have the materials, and so every classroom and all the teachers, they are, they are implementing one module at least of Project Lead the Way through the, through the school year. Uh, 
so that's kind of the new one there. As we move up in the middle and high school, um, I feel like before we start talking about the programming there, uh, it's always good to start with what our goal is, what our purpose is when we work with those kids. Uh, and, and I think you mentioned it earlier. I think, I think when you're talking about dealing with kids as they're doing this, you're really talking about transition to what happens to them after high school. And so our goal at this point is now to try to find the, the best choices, the best opportunities we can offer to them. And being a smaller school, it allows us to really individualize their plan. Um, you know, we're all in this in this podcast, we're all educators, and so we kind of had to take a certain route to get there. But hopefully some of the people that hear this, you know, they're welders or they're working at a bank or they're doing all these different things. Well, uh, life isn't one size fit all. And so we work hard to offer those programming and you... We often get the idea that a small school can't do that, but it's actually the opposite. Being a small school, our counselors have a lot of wiggle room. They know their kids so well, and so we do our best uh, to, to match their plans in high school with things that will help them be successful a, a, as an adult. Well, let's focus a little bit on high school opportunities then. I think MSD does a really good job of leveraging um, student opportunities through industry certification, dual credit, advanced placement to build these pathways for students not only up to graduation but beyond graduation. We don't necessarily try to pigeonhole anybody into one of those areas. You know, we don't try to to track everybody into something like dual credit or track some somebody all the way through advanced placement. Um, so let's focus on some of those things that we are leveraging. So with industrial certification, how how the what are some opportunities that we are providing our students there that that allow them to maybe graduate before uh, or excuse me get a certification before they graduate. Absolutely. We, so a lot of our kids are going to go get a job um, right out of high school. And I'll tell you, it used to be you'd think, well, those jobs aren't the best jobs and they're just kind of transitioning. But we have kids that leave high school and they're entering the, the workforce and they're, they're getting high paying jobs because of the skills and the training they get at Heartland Career Center. Uh, I, I can't say enough about that place. It is a vocational goldmine for us and our students. Uh, they walk away with hands-on training. They walk away with certifications. They walk away with networking. I mean, the Mark Hobbs and Pete and John, those guys out there, they do a great job, and all their teachers. And it seems like they're always trying to add more careers and add more opportunities for our kids. And so um, I can tell you when I was a principal at Southwood, there was a kid there who was a vocational kid, and he went through the training at Heartland to be a welder. And he was offered a position while he was still and in high school, so in other words, it was waiting for him when he left, and he went and got a job that was paying, uh, paying him very, very well. I mean, that's a he was earning a, a living wage there, and uh, without any need to do any extra training. And so, we certainly open up that path, and we push that path for anybody that's interested in that. Um, along the same lines with that, we have an excellent internship program. Uh, that Carrie Johnson runs, and uh, man, she has so many connections, and the, the local businesses in the area have been um, excellent to work with and supportive. So we have, I think, this year about 30, 30 seniors out there in businesses, um, and we have in the past used businesses from all the way from veterinary offices to the sheriff's department to the hospital to the Y. Um, 
getting that real world feel of, of what this career is about is is so powerful for a senior because we've had the the whole wide range you know some kids go in and they're like oh yeah after being at this internship this is exactly what I want to do and then some kids go there and like oh my gosh I do not want to spend the rest of my life doing this and they figured that out as a senior and so that saves them all the time and the money and the trouble of figuring that out later on in lives and so uh, Heartland Career Center and our internship program all do an awesome job of, uh, of that kid that's looking, that, that has the skills and the interest to start a career right out of high school. That's great. Um, I know that there may be some students that do want to go more onto the academic side after they graduate, as far as maybe going to a, uh, a four-year college or beyond that even. Um, and we provide those opportunities or those pathways for those students through dual credits or even advanced placement. And I think a lot of times people don't know the difference of what those are. Sometimes they are the same, sometimes they're not the same. And so maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, dual credit and AP uh, choices right now. How do, how do those compare? Sure. So we have that kid that's the career technical path, uh, and then we have the kid that's looking to do a career that requires some, some more schooling. And so um, our main goal with that kid, uh, with those students that are on their way to college, like an IU or a Purdue or an Ivy Tech or IU Kokomo, all those, um, our idea is to set them up to be as successful as possible at that college. Uh, and that kind of looks in different ways. On one hand, it might mean that they've earned a year and a half or two years of dual credit, which we've had kids do while they're still in high school. It might be that they've focused on taking AP classes uh, and earned passing scores so they could take that credit to high school. Um, but the key isn't just the credits, and, um, and, and that's where a lot of people get tripped up. Um, I was just talking to the, the Department of Education's High Ability Coordinator, and she said she had a, she had a, a daughter call in, uh, oh, sorry, a dad call in about his daughter, and, uh, and he was pretty frustrated, and he had walked away. She was the valedictorian of her school, and she'd walked away with so many dual credits, and when she went to college, uh, she found out she wasn't prepared for college. And so here we are, I was hearing this from the, the lady from the Department of Education, Dr. Schuler, and she, uh, uh, she had to talk to this father about, well, just because it's a dual credit doesn't always mean it's preparing you for, for college. Um, it's kind of like imagining this, like, I don't know if you can remember, Chris, when you were back in college, uh, but your freshman year, could you imagine if you would have taken your freshman year of college as a sophomore or junior in high school, and then when you went to, to college as an 18-year-old kid, we're putting you in sophomore-level English classes or sophomore-level chemistry classes? Oh, that, that would have been very difficult. I know back when I was in school, a lot of times people would say, well, you want to get all your hard stuff out of the way so that senior year, you know, you can kind of have have a, a not necessarily easy but just have it tamed down before you get to college where it really hits hit you hard and uh, we're learning that that's the opposite where where students should be taking harder and harder and harder classes all the way through up to their senior year to help them better prepare for college exactly right and so there are some students let's be honest there are some students that are capable of doing that kind of stuff at a younger age um, but there are some students who are not and so my advice, if I was talking to a parent, if there's a parent listening, um, I would say be, be balanced. Um, getting the dual credit certainly does help the college bills, and colleges have gotten way too expensive, and so I understand that need. Uh, but you also want to make sure your, your student goes to college prepared. Um, and it used to be when I was in school, and I don't know if that's the same for you, Chris, but AP used to kind of be this idea, oh, that's the AP kid, and that's the AP class. 
Right. Yeah. It was always, it kind of seemed like it was more for the elite or since it's advanced placement, advanced. Right, right. And so that, that's definitely not the focus. Uh, advanced placement is just for kids that are going to college. Um, it's not meant to be kind of the special treatment for just these special kids. It's for kids that are looking to challenge themselves to develop college level skills. And then they kind of have a, they have a way to prove it. You, you take a test and if you can't pass the test, then you still have some growth to do and some learning to do to get that college credit. And dual credit sometimes can skip that. Um, you know, there's just there's just not as much accountability. There are some dual credit teachers who are gonna be challenging and rigorous and, and help prepare your student for college. And frankly, there are some gonna be not. And the same will be true with AP, but with AP, at least you have the, the test to help prove your accountability. And it's funny, uh, working with high ability kids, so many high ability kids, um, because things come so easily, they sometimes develop this false sense of security. And so they feel like they're really strong at something. Uh, taking the test, passing the test, really is a way for them to see, to, to be measured and see how they fit in, uh, rather than just kind of right. having that gut feeling. Yep, nope, I get it. Um, and so so we do offer AP and we do offer dual credit. Uh, we offer, this is gonna be hard to believe, I bet if I asked you to guess before, before this, like how many AP classes do you think you could take at Southwood or at Northfield? Um, how many do you think I could take? Yeah, uh, on your four years there. Out of my four years there, probably, I would say, around a handful. Yeah, yeah. Most places around are going to look at four or five, and we have we have made it an emphasis here. And so you could take seven or eight. Um, you could take seven or eight from AP Biology to AP Physics to AP Chemistry. Uh, and we also offer many of those in dual credit also. And so, uh, again, going back to your idea of choices, right? We want to give this kid a choice. And um, if you're going to IU and you're going into med school, um, you're, you're much better off taking your biology or chemistry. Like our philosophy is to, to encourage you to take those at the AP level. Um, taking a dual credit biology into your med school at IU or into your, your classes at IU, um, it just, it, you just got to be worried about how well it's prepared you to move on to sophomore level biology or even junior if you've taken two years of it at, at, at high school. Don't we, don't we also offer some opportunities for students to take classes on actual college campuses? Absolutely. Um, real quick, before we jump into that, uh, a student popped into my mind, uh, again, back at Southwood. She had taken AP Biology and had done very well. I, I think she got a four, I think it was a four out of five, which, which most colleges will accept. But she ended up going down and taking that class again at IU. So in other words, she got the credit but chose not to accept it at, from high school and went down and took it. And when she came back and I asked her about that decision, she was just thrilled that she had made that decision because uh, she felt like the AP class and the dual credit stuff prepared her maybe for the first semester of biology one. And so by the time she got to second semester of biology one, it was new information. And so she was glad she had the foundation to kind of start that class off strongly, uh, but then that she took the class so that she was prepared to move on to the next level of biology. Wow. Uh, sorry, all right, look, I forgot the question. The question was, uh, the the opportunity for students to actually attend classes. Oh yeah, yeah. If uh, so, we really encourage those kids that are going to college be prepared uh, and take options with you. And so, uh, maybe that's dual credit, maybe it's AP. Um, another one of the ones that are my favorite is when we actually get a kid to go to a college campus. Um, we have very good close relationships with colleges in the area. The colleges in the area are anxious to to get high school kids on their campus, and so. Uh, they work. They work really well with us, and so 
Let me see. In the last year, we've sent kids to Manchester University, Huntington University, and Indian Wesleyan University. Um, we've had some kids take classes from IUK online. Uh, and we same thing with Ivy Tech, some of those classes online. I'll tell you, I, when my kids get old enough, I'll push the hardest to try to get them to go to an Indian Wesleyan or go to a Huntington online. Like there's nothing like walking onto a campus, you know, mom and dad aren't around and you don't know all the people and you're, you, you just kind of have to take that step into adulthood. But it's at a smaller level, right? It's just for one class rather than living in a dorm and doing all that all at once. I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm taking a step into the pool rather than just diving sure. in. Plus, it even gives you a feel for that specific college or university that you may want to attend. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's a really great opportunity. I, um, I think the last thing we may want to highlight here is do we have some, uh, any exciting news coming up with advanced placement? Absolutely. And so, uh, going back to my, my role with all the grants and all of those things, uh, Notre Dame has a, they, they house a program for AP, uh, they call it AP TIP, and um, they bring nationally certified trainers and nationally certified um, uh, teachers uh, to come work with schools and their AP programs, and they set up an incentive program, and it's a two-year commitment, and that was a competitive grant, uh, or competitive application, I suppose, and Northfield and Southwood both are in. Now, this is kind of cutting news, so hopefully this podcast doesn't get broadcast too early because, you know, we haven't announced this to the public, sure. uh, you know, a pinky swear or whatever we right. have to. <laughs> um, and so we, uh, we'll announce that here shortly. Uh, the, the gal from AP Tips going to come to our board meeting and make that announcement, and then we'll start doing press releases. But I, I couldn't be more excited to get into this. Um, uh, they will provide uh, – the training is just going to be out of this world for our teachers – and, and hopefully this will help us with this uh, push to make AP not be for the elite, right? We want all our kids that are going to college, you should take at least one AP class, um, especially in the field you're going to major in, just because of the rigor, just to, to give you that test, to give you that, that accountability to show what you know. Um, and so hopefully they help us do that. Um, I think, I, I believe they will. Um, and anytime you can partner with somebody like Notre Dame uh, or the uh, campuses around there, you know, that's that's always impressive to do too. Oh so. yeah, that's really exciting news, and I agree with you. I mean, I've always liked this terminology that advanced placement is not for the elite, but it's for the prepared. And so we want to pre best prepare our students to to have those challenges uh, when it comes to their coursework, uh, so that they can uh, be successful down the road. Yeah, and I just want to I want to clarify. Like, I'm certainly not saying dual credit is bad. Um, I, I, it's all about choices and learning what fits you best. And um, for some kid, it will be dual credit, and for some classes, for a kid, it'll be dual credit. But I would I would encourage and argue that for for most of our college going kids that are going to go to four year college, an AP class is probably in their best interest. Sure. And 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 again, uh, we're just trying to continue to leverage those options for our students so that we can provide. Uh, learning opportunities for success because as you know uh, we live in an ever-changing world and so one thing one time may not be as good as it is down the road and so we always want to see what we can provide that are going to help uh, keep our students successful uh, down the road. Just wanted to thank you Mr. Drake for taking the time out to visit us. Uh, appreciate the time and effort that you put in to help create opportunities for our students. Uh, as always, you, any listener can 
get more information by contacting us at 260-563-8050 or you can check out our website or even our Facebook page and um, this has been a good conversation thank you again Mr. Drake uh, any last parting words that you would like to share? Well, again, we have so many other programs that I haven't even mentioned yet, and so I think you're going to have to invite me back later on to cover some of those, or, or maybe we bring some of those teachers in to talk about it, because we just got some amazing teachers doing great things with kids. I agree with you 100%, and we will look at focusing on some of these different uh, podcasts uh, on some of those items. So thank you again for uh, listening in. Until next time, dream big and work hard.